As player of the match, Michael Milne said in his interview, it's all about doing your shit well. So with that in mind, it's time to start harping on rugby. My name is Jeff Pagano and welcome to Harpin' on Rugby, where with the help of some fellow fans, I get the chance to harp on what's going on with Leinster, Ireland and the wider rugby world. First on our panel this week is someone back to us for a cap number 52. Welcome to Mr. Connor Cronin. Thanks again for having me back. Indeed. And uh, it's not often we have a contributor returning for a second week in a row. So for the moment, all I have to do now is replay my intro from last week with a small, totally undetectable edit. Joining me this week is someone earning pod cap number 15. To go with a record-setting amount of written articles for our previous incarnation at HarpinRugby.net, he's also the host of an excellent multi-sport pod known as Post to Post Sport. Welcome back to Mr. Kieran Duffy. Yeah, nice to be back. I, I certainly think this is my first time on two podcasts in a row. Uh, so, uh, you know, people might start to suspect this isn't even my real voice at this stage. It might be hard to keep it up for, for two consecutive weeks. But uh, with, yeah, With that AI technology out there, you'd never know what anyone's doing at this stage, I'd say. I'm surprised you haven't replaced me by AI yet. But uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for plugging Post about Sport. We're, uh, we're should be launching our, pro- our uh, relaunching our website this uh, this week. Uh, with a few updates, so including a rugby section uh, that might actually have some regular content on it. Okay, so uh, let's crack on with our feature match of the week, which was, of course, Cardiff v. Leinster in round 11 of the 2024 uh, BKT United Rugby Championship, which was played at Cardiff Arms Park on Saturday evening in the Welsh capital. As always, our Harper Match Wrap pods are brought to you by the Irish Rugby Store at Elvery's. The weather at the Arms Park was reported as cold but dry with little or no wind as Cardiff skipper Josh Turnbull took to the field to honour his 200th appearance for the region. And of course, on our side, it was also Jordan Larmer's 100th. Uh, and eventually, the Cardiff out-half uh, Tinius De Beer kicked off Connor. Yeah, and look, it, it's it's one of those games where coming into it, you know, it's been quite nip and tuck between ourselves and Cardiff in, in these matches, in especially in Cardiff over the last few uh, few journeys over there. Um, and I think Cardiff were have probably watched the Ulster game at least twice because the amount of kicking they plan to do from the very, very beginning. Um, I mean, we're we're in the first couple of minutes and you know, we've dropped the ball and and, and, and Cardiff are coming at us and suddenly they're using a crossfield kick and then a minute later they're using a grubber through before we can eventually clear to touch in those opening stages. Um and then I, I think they made good use of their centers as well. And, and you get a really good look at that in these early stages as well, because off that first line out, they just came trucking at us very, very hard. Um it was probably a case of, well, who's that fella playing at 12? And he doesn't have a lot of time there. So how hard can we hit him and what can we do? Um I think. It's worth saying now, I don't think that Harry had his best defensive game ever for us on on Saturday night. Um, now, it, it's it's fine. It all worked out great anyway. But uh, I, I, I don't know that 12 is the best option for him. 
um, un- unless he can book up a bit. But you know that once they uh, once they took the uh, once they took the line out, we were lucky because there <laughs> another kick through gave us an opportunity to shove them into touch for us to get a line out, and then a couple of phases, and they've got the ball back, and then the weirdest thing I've ever seen happen on a rugby pitch happened because as they went for another kick. Jenkins manages to to charge it down and it miraculously falls into the open waiting arms of someone who's ready to sprint the full length of the pitch, uh, which was unfortunately Thomas Clarkson, who was never going to make the full length of the pitch, uh, but he was willing to give it a go from from that first catch. Like he he ran. It's like, I've got it. Go. Um, Now, look, he knew he wasn't going to make it. And it's great that Rob Russell was running a very good support line to take the little uh, shoveled off pass as it was referred to uh, on, on the comms I was watching uh, and sprint the rest of the way for a first try and you know we're only a couple of minutes in really and we're already 7-0 up we're, we're beating the clock it's something I love to see happening where there's more points being scored than there are minutes on the clock um, and, and it's a great start and it's really good to see that for the first time in a few weeks we're scoring first um, you know, uh, we, we've we've said it in the last few games how it's been the opposition scoring first and and making the most of the early opportunities. So it's great to see that we were scoring first, um, and the conversion was good as well. So as I say, we're seven nil up. Things are looking a little bit nice. Um, when we took the restart, then I I thought it, on first watch it looked kind of scrappy, and then suddenly it's like, oh, what happened there? Watching it back, it is a beautiful offload out of the tackle from Will Connors. Um, and it gets Jamie Osborne going from just outside our own 22 to just outside their 22. And I think his awareness there was really, really good because he knows he's got nobody. So he's kind of slowing down. He's kind of running at space. He's kind of weaving around where defenders might be and waiting for them to come to him a little bit while giving a chance for his own support to get up. Look, it's it, it's phases after that for a little bit, but uh, eventually they they get penalised for offside, and we've got a penalty, and they have what I think was a big blow for them. Uh, they were already without Ray Lilo, but then to lose to Manny as well in that first in, in less than ten minutes, and he's gone off with an injury, and I'm not sure the nature of the injury, and I haven't had time to to look up and see how bad it is, but I hope it's nothing too serious because. Uh, he really is a, a a big presence for Cardiff, and yeah, and he was clearly uh, a big he was a big part of their plans that night as well, as he showed it in those early uh, exchanges. Absolutely, and then as soon as he goes off, everything is shifted a little bit. Um, and and you know, no disrespect to the man coming on for him, but he you know he probably wasn't expecting to come on for Tamani, and he probably wasn't expecting to have to fill that role. So he may not have been as prepared to do what was needed. Um, look, we get the the line out and we go for the mall uh, and they come in from the side giving us another penalty and this time it's a quick tap. Um, I think at this point, like I was watching it back and, and you're looking at how many times Glad Adams are going, advantage, advantage, advantage. And I think he called three separate advantages in the next phases of play, giving us another another crack at it. Um and while their defence was good, well, I mean, it's it's easy to be good when you're offside half the time. Um, 
But uh, while they were keeping us out during those phases, when we went for the tap and go again, it only took two phases before the ball gets to Deegan. And again, lovely, a lovely thing to watch because it's aware, it's his awareness. I've been hit. I'm rolling. I'm moving. Where's the line? Out goes the arm. And he's dotting down for a second try. And we're only we're seven minutes in. And now we're 12 nil up. Um, conversion, I mean, in fairness, it was quite far out on that left-hand uh, left hand side. And um, fair play that the Cardiff lads weren't going to sit back and just watch. They they really did go running at Ross the minute he started his build-up. Um, but uh, it's now 12 nil. Um, we lost the restart. And we're very quick then to end up giving away a penalty ourselves for, uh, I think it was Will Connors. The, the call was not clearly releasing. Uh, it could have been off your feet if he had clearly released. So I think that penalty was coming, uh, whether we liked it or not. And they took they took advantage of it and probably did the smart thing, take the three points, start their own scoreboard, ticking over. Um, look, it's, it's, it's a couple of minutes after that that were, you know, uh, a, a lot of kicking from them. A lot of kicking for them. They were always looking for space. Um, it, when we try, even when we try to charge down one of their kicks, it ends up going dead. Um, and and you know we're lucky that. Or sorry, when they charge down one of our kicks, sorry, it's the other way around. That you know we we had to resort to kicking to try and get the bit of space. Um, and and they charged one down, which they fortunately went dead. Um, and we didn't have a chance to do anything. Um. Look, I think as they were working, you could see they're, they were starting to come into the game a bit. So it wasn't long before they're getting another penalty. Um, and now, you know, you're kind of looking and he, he quite literally kicked for the posts. Um, <laughs> as he kicked it, it, it struck the upright and came back. Um, and there's a great moment just after that where they go to kick again. And I honestly thought Turner was clear and away. Because as they kick through, he jumps highest, he takes it, and he's, I'm sure he's going sprinting down the line. But just as he lands, he kind of wobbles his way into touch, and um, and they've got a line out, after which we knock on. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad, because the last time I was on, we were talking about a lot of knock-ons, but uh, not so many this time out. Um, but we knocked on off the scrum. Um, they, off first straight off the scrum, it's couple of couple of good sets of hands out to uh, out to their winger who again kicks through but a little bit too much gas on it Luke is always chasing it and you can kind of see him watching to see will it go dead and then he takes responsibility himself and and carries it dead uh, to bring a goal line drop out and that's kind of where the first quarter ends yeah absolutely it was a, it was definitely an unusual backline for Leinster in terms of positions it was like a patchwork kind of system when when you're talking when you're talking a team that's uh, already trying to get used to a defensive system as it is to have players uh, in different positions. You had Harry Byrne. One, they, they were all kind of one over from where they usually were, were used to playing. Uh, Harry Byrne would yeah. usually be out half. He was a 12. At Osborne, we we use him a lot at 12. He's a 13. And then you had Turner out in the wing. And I think the three of them, they had kind of mixed fortunes. I thought Turner actually did pretty well out there. And, and, and maybe probably he might be more suited to that kind of role in this system. 
um, especially defensively. Um, then you had, like you said, Harry Byrne may have not had his best outing, especially that was shown early on uh, when basically Tomati ran through him. Um, but unfortunately for Cardiff, I, I had to go off shortly afterwards that. And then you had Osborne, who you, you always rely on him at 13. But then when, you, when you've got your 13, who you're relying on for clearances, um, that changes your system as well because he's coming from a different place. We're kind of set up. Ireland and yeah. Leicester are usually set up for the winger to be doing that, so that changes your whole. And this, the second point I wanted to make was um, as we're as we're talking here, I'm actually watching uh, also uh, La Rochelle. They're playing in the top categories at the moment, and uh, with Will Connor's uh, performance on the night, we put we we. We picked him for Leinster to play La Rochelle, uh, kind of a specialist kind of a role. Um, and we always talk Will Connors. Oh, yeah, Will Connors, chop tackles, chop tackles. And that's brilliant. But I think it's almost like he was on a mission this night to say, guys, I can play a bit of rugby as well, that's, you know, and uh, his offloading after the tackle. He did more than one. He did one to help set up that break uh, for, for Jamie Osborne, but he did a few more of them. He brought the ball to the line. He did a little offloads around the back um, before, you know, so there's some brilliant brilliant play and he keeps that up i mean i think i think if you're talking someone out of this side that you're looking to put in a leinster starting team for the knockout stages in europe i i'm i'm thinking will connor's really put it put his name there and it's going to make it difficult to leave him out of a 23 if he keeps uh if he keeps playing like this i think that was uh he, he, he had a great night uh all around that i didn't really notice at the first on the first look, but it's something I noticed in the rewatch. You, you called it, there was a scrum there at the, at the end of that phase of play. It was actually, I think it was the first scrum of the match after a, after a Scott Penny knock on. And um, they, they put a long kick to the way, uh, long pass to the wing after that Cardiff did. And that kick went dead. So we had a goal line dropout uh, to resume, uh, Kieran. Yeah, I think there was only one scrum in that whole first half, actually. I'm, mm -hmm. not, I'm not too sure. I remember thinking the... Uh, thinking when Cardiff had it, when there was a scrum in the second half that we haven't seen too much of this. And uh, it was a nice change, in fairness, because the game was uh, game was fairly uh, fairly decent pace. That's something World Rugby are trying to are trying to look into, speeding up the game. But uh, yeah, Leinster found their way up the field a bit. Ross Maloney uh, forced a really good turnover. You kind of see the Ninamar effect. Um, there was a moment around at kind of 20, 22 minute mark. Uh, Thomas Clarkson... He got up really quick to disrupt things uh, in the rook, and Ross Maloney first forced a turnover. Just after, just after that, though, Cardiff got the ball back, um, and um, and just kicked it and just kicked it away. Uh, Ross Maloney got in really well again. I actually thought he had a really good first half, Ross Maloney. Um, but from there, uh, Leinster were pushing in possession. Uh, Ross Byrne, I thought, had a few good playmaker moments, and this was one of them. He threw a really good offload to Ross Maloney again who just seemed to be in the middle of everything in this kind of 10 minute spell for Leinster and there was a real chance to it was, it was just there was a real chance just to kind of position Leinster usually score for but uh, Harry Byrne just needlessly kicks the ball away I mean you're thinking that just keep it in the hands play through a few more phases Cardiff are scrambling back in fairness to Barron he did really well to claim it uh, but Lens were out of shape, and at that stage, it was it was an easy enough turnover for Cardiff. Fellas Jenkins got in there; uh, they were close to their own line, so it was a shame because you think even if you had just kept it in hand for maybe another couple of phases, then the kick would have been on. And then um, there was a moment then just after uh, Harry Byrne did pretty much the same thing again. Uh, so. Um, uh, Leinster had a break and uh, it was really good hands from Connors again like you said he's showing he could play a bit of rugby 
uh, balls were cycled a few times. Jordan Larmer showed a few step, and Harry Byrne tried a crossfield kick, and it was pretty easily claimed by Cardiff. Uh, like Cardiff had cover back, it was kind of it was kind of just pointless again because um, you know it wasn't on. I mean, there was no space in behind. It, like I don't see any point of kicking in behind if there's loads of cover back and if your player is not going to get to the ball. And from there, Cardiff really grew into the game. You could see they were. I would say they actually finished the better side and very deservedly uh, ultimately went in in front. So uh, Leinster had a line out and um, Rob Russell ran a great line, chipped the ball ahead. Cardiff wing covered it um, and Leinster couldn't turn it over. Now, this was an annoying one because we're, we're hearing about World Rugby trying to speed up the game. This was one of those moments where the ball's at the end of the rook, scrum half has it, ref says use it. It's supposed to be five seconds. So the ref says use it and then gives another five seconds. And it's kind of like, well, is it use it or is it you have another five seconds? Which is it? I mean, because, you know, you can't really blame any player for taking advantage of a rule that's not being called. I mean, if if the scrum half's not being penalized for taking an age to to uh, to clear the ball, then they're not they're not going to uh, they're not going to be that quick about it. But uh, yeah, it was just an annoying one, and it's something refs need to really stamp down on. The five second rule seems to make sense. It's just that it's not usually called. It tends to be five seconds, like use it, and then you have another five, ten seconds. So um, that was a frustrating one, just from a rugby point of view. And um, look, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think the ref had a uh, um, particularly favoured card or anything. I just that's the kind of thing that irks me because it's a rule not being implemented. And it's a useful rule as well because it speeds up the game. But, uh, Cardiff had a few phases and attack from there. Kind of from the thirty to forty minute, it was all it was all Cardiff that last ten minutes. And as we'll see, they ended up going in front. Um, they were playing they were playing pretty well. And the Leinster had a few gaps in defence. They actually nearly got over on the wing. Uh, Summerhill nearly got over, but Luke McGrath, we thought it a fairly good game. Uh, got across well uh, to take him down on the wing. Leinster did turn it over and clear it, but Cardiff came back. And eventually matched it and eventually managed to win a penalty. It was against Barron. Um it was a kick right in front of the post. And I was thinking, you know, you take your shot at goal, you get back into it. Um it's kind of one of those decisions that, you know, it, they went for the corner. If they hadn't gotten anything out of that, then it's a bad decision, but they did ultimately score tries, so that justifies it, I suppose. Um in hindsight, they probably were right to go for it as well, because they were very much on top. Uh, Jack Boyle just went off injured as well as that happened. Uh, Michael Milne came on, who would later get player of the match. And but Cardiff had a line out stat attack. They had the twelfth ranked line out success in the URC, so they're in the bottom, well in the bottom half of URC line out success rate in the league. But they won this one. Didn't go for a mall actually. They kind of set up for a mall, but then recycled it really quickly. And Reese Carey, who was exiled from the Welsh World Cup squad, uh, reportedly over not meeting targets. I think that's kind of a professional way of saying they didn't think he was fit enough. Uh well um he was he was fit enough to crash over the line there. There was no stopping him um to make it and uh, it was converted to make it uh to make to cut Leinster's lead to two points of five minutes to go in the half. So it was ten points to twelve. Uh so Cardiff were playing with confidence from there. Uh long ball was claimed by Jordan Larmer who hit a big boot up the pitch. He chased it but the beer who again, uh, who again did fairly well um, for Cardiff. He uh, he claimed the ball, stepped inside, broke through the defence, offload to Tom Young. Uh, Young got within about five metres of the line. Probably should have got over. He just lost his footing. I'm not sure if there was a top challenge there. He just got taken down. 
Cardiff did lose the ball, but uh, it was a penalty, and the uh, Larmer was showing a yellow card. Uh, poor defense, just kind of scrambling. There was there was there was cover behind Larmer, so it wasn't a penalty try. But Larmer was a bit lucky there um, to not potentially give away more than a card of tapped and go there, which I think really showed their confidence. And it was the right thing to do again because they were the better team. They were in the ascendancy at that at that stage. So uh, from there, tapped and go. Leinster offside, so it was another penalty. So uh, they would have had the chance to take the tree to go uh, in in front, but um, they got the try they needed. Uh, Reese Carey once again, his second try. There was there's no stopping him from that close to the line when he's that big. So the conversion went wide. It was 15-12. They deserved their lead at halftime anyway. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm with you. Definitely with you on the fact that the uh, Leinster uh, uh, attacking was we're trying too hard, really, to to especially when you've already built a lead. You, you have a two score lead um, at the end of the first quarter. There's really no need. Now, I, I, I think Harry sees himself. You know, he's in the 12th position. I mean, we saw it with Ireland against Wales. You had Kieran Frawley coming in playing first receiver at times. And that's, you know, a bit of versatility there, showing we have extra creativity in our back line. Um, but I don't know if we needed it here. We had we had a decent lead, but it was still, you know, Cardiff were still defending well and, and things like that. He could probably, he didn't really need to play a kind of a, um, a second five-eighth kind of role um there he could have he could have brought it to the line maybe a bit more and uh, just you know played more like you say conventional it, and and because it wasn't working out here they were, were trying kicks that weren't really on trying things that that weren't really necessary and Cardiff got themselves and it kind of gave Cardiff a chance to get a foothold at the other end like you say with those uh with those two late tries and I think that the Leinster's best friend at the end of that half was the halftime whistle because they were building momentum they got the yellow card Jordan Larmer what happened there was he 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 kicked to De Beer himself, and then De Beer smoked him. And uh, when the, when the time they got to the line, it was Larmer trying to kind of overcompensate for being beaten, and um, just did a little no no at the line, and uh, they still got their second try. And uh, like you say, got we went into the break uh, with the scoreline at Cardiff fifteen, Leinster twelve. <laughs> Well, before we return to the action, first a little reminder of all the different places you'll find us in the Ruggersphere, as well as our main site at harponerugby.com. We also have a present on X, formerly known as Twitter. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and new this season, we're also on Blue Sky. So if you're on any or all of those platforms, please do give us a follow to check out our full range of Leinster and Ireland rugby content. So with Leinster behind in the scoreboard and also a man down, we got the second half underway, Connor. Yeah, and as we started the second half... Um... I think one of the significant things that happened at halftime was the introduction of Halaholo. Uh, I think he's he's an excellent player, and I think he really brings a lot to them. Um, and you could see it very, very early on. Uh, you know, after the first couple of phases, we've knocked it on and off the scrum. It's Halaholo breaking tackles, and he looking for the offload, and he lets it go. The offload goes out to absolutely the wrong man because he, he offloads it to the player who missed. The, the first tackle on him, and that was Harry Byrne. Um, Harry Byrne takes it, and the kick he puts in, very, you know, it's one of these speculative ones. It's one of these ones of how can we turn attack into defense, or at the very best, how can we turn this into decent territory? And it was very decent territory because it managed to dribble over the line, uh, giving us a 50 22 in their half, or in the, in, well, obviously within their half. Um, it's, it's a funny one. It's one of those moments that happen next, and it just, it annoyed the hell out of me. Why did that line out have to be taken twice? You know, um, if they've closed the gap, 
call it a free kick. If we've done something wrong, call it a free kick. But that he turns around to both sides like, oh, well, you've done this and you've done this and, and I'm just not happy and I want everyone to know that I'm the referee and I'm in charge and I like to have my little moments, you know, and, and he had a few of them because it was that. It was well, he, had, he had to compensate. There were no scrums, you see. So we had to we had to have some resets. There was another one in the first yeah, half. He did the same thing with the when the lineup yeah. was going the other way. So again, you had to compensate. One for you, one for the other guys. It was uh, it was a bit frustrating, all right. It it wasn't a, a huge amount of time after that when when we did have a scrum that he really came into his own with mm. you know crouch, bind. I'm about to say set, but it's too late. Yeah. Got you guys. Wait you know, for like, it. Wait for it. <laughs> What are you waiting for? You, you've given like, but to have a set count in your head and be consistent with it, and then given out and said, you know, that's saying we didn't hear you say set, sir. I didn't say set. Ha-ha. Simon, Simon says, yeah. And he's like, oh, get on with us. Um, but anyway, uh, off that line out when it eventually happened uh, properly, um, you know, uh, Bar- Baron broke very early from us. You know, it was very obvious the the. The part of mall defense was quite strong all all evening, um, so he broke early, and you know we went to went to phases and some good phases too, you know, good drives and eventually it's Clarkson taking the ball, getting over, scoring the try. We're like brilliant, happy days. There's a way to turn around the game now. You know we've gone in, got into the first half at the end of the first half with a man down. Uh, we've we're, we're down three points, but here we are straight out the bat and we're scoring first. And the referee says, I've got a try here. The assistant referee says, I've seen a grounding. And so Ross takes the conversion, which unfortunately goes wide. And I'd say De Beer was about a second and a half from taking the restart when suddenly we've got, hang on a minute. Um, and, and it's the TMO interference saying, I don't think you do have a grounding. I don't think you do have a try. And I'm going to overrule everything I saw. And I'm going to show you this angle, which uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what he's showing. Because if if the ref has said, I have a grounding, can you tell me I definitely don't have a grounding? Is there a reason not to award this try? If it had gone to the TMO in the beginning, that would be different. But the TMO has decided it's now no try um, because the player who held it up uh, was there seven? He's held it up, um, and it's no try, but it's okay because we can go back to the penalty because that player who held it up was actually offside when that happened. And in my head, I'm like, isn't this a different conversation now? And shouldn't his offside and the fact that he's prevented a sky a, a try scoring opportunity by being in an offside position, um, is that not a penalty try or at the very least a yellow card or something similar? But look at no, uh, no, nothing else is given but the penalty. Um, so back we all trundle from that, from within our own half, back down to their five meter line. Uh, we opted for, uh, opted for going for touch this time. Um, and again, big mall, but again, the card of defense on the mall was just really, really strong all evening. Um, and they did really well keeping us out. And then it required some really, really heavy work by the forwards um, before eventually Milne, who, you know, as, as Kieran said, you know, he wasn't on for a huge amount of time. He's only on at this stage, uh, you know, seven or eight minutes at the end of the first half and these three minutes 
and he uh, he's the one who manages to crash over um, and, and in a much better position as well, giving Ross a second bite at the cherry and a much better opportunity to kick the conversion. And now we're up 19 points to 15. Um, and, you know, Kieran said, you know, Cardiff were looking good for their for their lead at half time, but should we have been worried or not? I I don't think so. I think that while they had, they were always going to have a purple patch, but the fact that Milne has come on and, and just a quick word of you know rec- <laughs> reckoning for uh, for Milne, like what a what a strong lad he is. Like he's twenty, is he twenty three? Um, he's an absolute bruiser and. I have to wonder if he had been fit a month and a half ago, um, is, is there a chance that we may not have had access to him this week, that he, he may have been somewhere else for a little bit of time? Uh, I'm not trying to disrespect any other loose head props around the place, but you know we look at the fact that you know we're not going to have Keane Healy forever. We, we've had him forever, but we're not going to have him forever. Um and when he goes, I think that number one shirt is going to be a bit of a fight between Boyle and Milne for that uh, for that jersey. And um, I think based on last night, uh, I, th- I think Milne is, you know, having come back from injury and played quite well, uh, I'd be surprised not to see him start next time out uh, against the Bulls. But anyway, uh, that's a whole other that's a whole other discussion. Um, look a- after that. Um, I think Osborne, and again, he's one who deserves mention because his boot and his carries were helping us a lot in that next few minutes, keeping us in good territory, um, making good carries to give somebody else the opportunity to to kick for territory afterwards. Um, but eventually, look, they, they get a turnover uh, and then knock it on. And at this point... Uh, the first couple of substitutions are made. Clarkson comes off for Al Alatoa, and I think the the coaching ticket put a lot of faith in Deeney at this stage. You know, it's only fifty one minutes in. You'd have to assume Jenkins probably had another ten or fifteen in him if he really wanted. Um, but he's Deeney's been brought on instead, and I think you know putting your faith in some of the young guys. Uh, I, I think it's. It's a bit ballsy every now and then, you know. It's, it's it can be very brave to say, "Go on, let's see what you have," you know. Especially there's only four points in it, um, but I love that they're putting faith into into these younger players and saying, "You know, we trust you. We know you'll do what you need to do. We know you know how to do what we've asked you to do. So get out there and do it." Um, and off the uh, off the scrum, then that that we were waiting for while the, the substitutions were made. Um, we get the ball at the back. It's kicked to Ross who boots the ball downfield and way, way, way too far downfield. I, I, I'd say that ball had another 10 metres in it when it went over the line uh, in the dead ball area. Um, and suddenly we're back in exactly the same position, but now it's a Cardiff scrum. Um, I think... You know, it, it, it's it's a real testament to the defence that off the first phase we managed to steal at the breakdown, um, and there's there's a bit of kicking, a bit of back and forth, um, and I think you know, not a huge amount going on before 
you know, we, we we finally get into their half again and we get a good line out and some good phases and again some strong carries and, and we're always making ground at this particular point. Um, you know, we're we're a couple of minutes beyond that that scrum, but we're constantly making ground. Every carry is doing a job for us. It's either sucking in an extra defender or it's gaining an extra meter. Um they give us uh, they give us a penalty about 10 meters out. There's a shout, you can hear it on the ref's mic of surely that's a yellow. Um uh, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> I think they were really cynical inside their own 22, I think, uh of their penalties. And if you include all the advantages, there has to have been call for for that kind of carry on to have re even put a stop to it. I mean, maybe not even a penalty, but one of Adams's famous first warnings or or whatever, or you know, say something though, you know, because I, I felt it was quite cynical in that area. Um and you know that the ref uh, the, the the comms team, the Welsh comms team were saying, oh, somebody shouting for a yellow. You don't want to hear that. No, but you do want to hear your captain saying to the referee, sir, we feel they're cynical here. What are we going to do about this? Um Okay, anyway, um, at that stage, we called for a scrum. Um, I was kind of looking, going, we're 10 metres out, and we're calling for a scrum, and we it's not like we've had dominance in the scrum. Um, but uh, as it comes out the back of that scrum, uh, it's the backs doing the hard work first. Uh, I think Jordan Larner got to within about a metre and a half. You could probably... I'd say he was looking, going, it's my 100th cap. I deserve this. And then he's held up about a metre and a half short, but manages to stay in field. And I think the Cardiff defence were working hard to get him out of the, uh, the uh, out into touch. Um, but then it came down to the uh, came down to the big boys and Milne eventually has it with Scott Penny and Lee Barron driving him on as he goes over and there's no question about the grounding this time it is definitely a try and uh, he's in for his second in just about 10 or 12 minutes thankfully that's the uh, that's the bonus point try and it's converted and now we're 11 points to the good and everything's looking a lot more comfortable yeah, definitely. I mean, RTE put up a graphic at uh, halftime showing when um, Leinster, the, the periods of play when Leinster tend to score done by quarter. And it's a it's an upward graph uh, from the first quarter right to end it. So basically it was kind of, uh, you know, Leinster fans, oh God, we're losing at halftime. But I think, like I said, it was pretty clear that that Cardiff didn't want that half to end. They, they were really on top there. It was perfect for us. And we, but we still had to come out and do it. And um, they, we, 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 took charge pretty much from the start of, start of that half. And uh, we were also talking about the contributions of Carey towards the end of the first half. There was one stage where he got the ball and he looked really tired. He dropped it. It was a knock on and he, he looked like, I, I think uh, Kieran was absolutely right. He'd be more of an impact player off the bench uh, for, for any kind of team. But anyway, that's, that's the adhere to there on that uh, TMO call. I understand why they changed the rule where, um, you know, the TMO can still have a look at it after the conversion is made because, you know, obviously the team is is then motivated to take it quickly. Um, that's what was happening before that. But you see, that works two ways. I mean, what there's got to you got to be able to draw the line on the other side of that as well. And um, 
I, I think might have what happened in the booth was maybe they were trying to tee up another angle and they couldn't get that angle and he's trying over and over again. But he should maybe just say to the referee so the referee can tell everyone on the pitch, listen, we're still looking at this just to let you know where you know to, to get yeah. a bit of communication there. Because like you say, De Beer was just about to take that restart and to call it back from there, that's just too late. Um for 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 that kind of call. You know, the, the at that stage you're looking at nearly two minutes from the time yeah. the trial was scored. Whenever about the actual incident, so the rights and wrongs of changing the call itself, it's just there's got to be a line somewhere, and that that crossed it. I mean, I know it it, it was against Leinster, and and we went and scored a try anyway. But I just in future, you you know, maybe maybe they can work on that. But anyway, listen, um, and also we did need that second that second Milne try. Milne did very well. His carrying overall was really good when he came on um, in the first half. But to get those two tries as well, that second one, it was, it was a bit like the Welsh match the, the previous week um, at the Aviva where, you know, you forget, you see the scoreline at the end. But when you look back at it, going pretty much deep into the second half, the score is still kind of close and a score going the other way and it could be a different story. So we still needed, but they, but the, the, the guys in the pitch knew what they had to do. They kept persevering. They kept down the other end and they kept in the phases and they got that bonus point try so um so the restart then there was a lot of reese ruddock came on and um uh, it was time for uh leinster to hopefully bring that lead home back here on um yeah good uh yeah good clearing kick from uh from leinster after the restart uh cardiff kind of scrambled a bit here i i feel like you know you you wouldn't have blamed cardiff for putting the head down considering they were the much better side at the end of the first half very much Worded our lead, and then as you said, uh, Jeff, half time kind of came at the wrong time for them, and then suddenly, um, suddenly they're they're behind by two scores, and uh, it's 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 an effort just to get a losing bonus point out of this. Uh, there's a bit of kick tennis. Uh, the game, the the atmosphere kind of died down a bit. I felt, and uh, you can't really blame the Cardiff fans. They probably knew from this stage how how things usually go when you go behind to Leinster just after half time. It's it's not the first time that's happened. Um. Uh. From there, uh, uh, just a bit of kicking back and forth, and the beer uh, found a good touch. Uh, but it was a Leinster line out. Uh, Leinster won the line out. Thought Leinster line out was fairly uh was fairly good. I mean, no real complaints. It wasn't really um. It, there were no real issues with it. I don't think we lost one. Um, Ross Byrne played a good pass to Ross Maloney. That was a really good um. That was a really good partnership. This game, they they uh they found each other a lot. Uh, Harry Byrne uh, would uh, go off a few minutes later, but uh, he nearly got away and uh, bundled the ball into McKee. But um, it ends up going into touch. Uh, Leinster were kind of right at the line and went into the right at the touch line and went to the, went the blind side instead of to the side with more space. So a uh, bit of a it, it, just a bit of a bad call there, and maybe that's what happens when you're playing kind of the. Not the fringe players, but the, not the starting players who don't play who don't play the big games as much and don't have that same decision making as well. As you said, there's a lot of young players on. Uh, Ross Byrne had done really well. Wait until the last minute to play that pass, Ross Maloney, because uh, that that just you know it didn't come to anything in the end, but that gave him that gave Maloney that better chance of uh you know he built up a head of steam good hands and made that bit of a break. So uh, obviously didn't end up in anything, but sometimes those things will lead to a score from there. Uh, Harry Byrne went off and um, thought it was, um, thought it was again, Harry Byrne. He, like, I think we've said at this stage, he probably tried to do too much. And from there on, uh, Cardiff had a, li- a line out. Um, they, it was, it was a bit of a bizarre one because they ended up being pushed over their own line uh, and had an attack. And it was attacking scrum to Leinster 
um, in the end. So they kind of uh, they kind of nearly forced themselves into a turnover. And there was a penalty advantage on the scrum. It reeled around. Ref blew the whistle. Just as he blew the whistle, Max Deegan picked the ball up and touched it down. So if it had just been a second longer, um, it would have been a try to Leinster. Ultimately, Leinster score from this anyway, but it was just frustrating that, you know, you wonder what you do in that situation. Do you just let things play out at the same time? You're thinking it's a penalty, just blow for the penalty. You know, at the end of the day, if it had to come to nothing, we probably would have been saying, why didn't the ref blow that a couple of seconds ago? So um, it was just unfortunate for Max not to get the try. But uh, again, went for the scroll, more solid for Cardiff this time. But uh, Ross Maloney was just short. Then uh, John McKee got over. Reese Ruddock on his shoulder. It was just pure root wood power. Uh, conversion was uh, straightforward enough for Osborne. Carter rang the changes and Leinster brought on Sam Prendergast uh, for Ross, who, as I said, had a pretty good game. Would have liked to have seen more of Sam, uh, but in fairness, it probably wasn't the time to bring him on, especially considering, you know, Ross needed to play his way back in. You have Harry on the pitch. You don't need three fly halves on the pitch. I mean, there's no point having three fly halves on the pitch. I'm not sure if Sam Prendergast is adept to playing in any other position. Uh, ben Murphy came on for Luke McGrath, who uh, we also thought had a pretty good game. Uh, in fairness, kind of uh, almost a bit of a forgotten player at times, but uh, thought he did fairly well. Uh, from there, late in the game, the game was kind of dead at this stage. Um, it was, um, in fairness, though, Cardiff, um, you know, they, they got themselves within touching distance of a bonus point, potentially two bonus points. Uh, they had a scrum at about the 73rd minute, won a free kick, took a quick tap, had a chip and chase. Liam Turner claimed it. Leinster managed to recycle it and clear it. Ben Murphy um, did really well with the clearance kick. Sometimes we were malign scrum halves just kicking the ball needlessly. Uh, but in fairness, we were going nowhere. We were deep in our own half, so it made sense for Ben Murphy to kick it. And it was a good kick as well. I mean, it, was, it wasn't just a kind of kind of a hoof to nowhere in particular. Uh, from there, Cardiff had a line, line out and recycled it a few times. Brought it into contact a lot. And then... Um, Aled Summerhill, uh, who I thought again, he was he was he was decent when he got the ball. He just didn't always get the ball. Um, he got over in the left corner. In fairness to Cardiff, they were recycling the ball really fast. That's hard to defend against. I mean, I thought uh, you know Leinster, as as I said, they were doing well to slow things down at the rook in the first half. But Cardiff managed to get the ball out really quickly, and uh, it wasn't converted. Very difficult angle for the conversion. In fairness, so twenty thirty three at this stage. That's what it would finish. About four minutes to go. If Cardiff had got another try, they would have got a try bonus point and a losing bonus point. And in fairness, you know, you could argue they would have deserved to take at least something out of the game. That was that. Michael Milne got player of the match from uh, despite only playing about 50 minutes. Good test for Leinster. That's nine wins out of 11. And, uh, you know, five points in a during uh, 10 points from the two games in the Six Nations window, I think. I think we would have taken that at the start of the window. No question. I mean, we just we, we basically just saw out that final quarter. Um, it was, uh, you know, we ground out another try. And uh, I mean, I think the Cardiff try they got there at the end, that was the try of the match. I mean, that was a cracker. Um, the, the way they moved up the line and sent it right out the backs in Summerhill and in, in the corner it was a real sweep and move. I mean, you know, you could say too little, too late. But like you say, they could have come back and gotten another try and gotten a couple of points out of the match. So it kept something in it. But we managed to, uh, to, to sort of get the control back from that and uh, just see out the match. And the final score, like you say, was uh, Cardiff 20, Leinster 33. 
So with the Bulls and Glasgow having already won over the weekend to go ahead of us, that bonus point win puts Leinster back to the top of the URC with a four-point lead over the two of them. Then there's a gap of five points before Edinburgh in fourth and the Lions in 11th are separated by just four points. So with seven rounds still to go, there are bound to be a lot of twists and turns in the race for quarterfinal and, of course, Champions Cup places. Actually, all the provinces had bonus point wins against teams in the bottom half of the table this weekend, leaving all four in that all-important top eight. Once the Six Nation ends, the URC will return on the weekend of March 22nd when Leinster will have another away assignment, this time in Parma against Zebra. Meanwhile, a quick shout out to the Irish Sevens teams out in LA this weekend. At the time of recording, the men were due to play a semi-final against Antoine Dupont's French side after we dispatched the runaway series leaders Argentina in the quarterfinals. Over on the women's side, Ireland improved on their Vancouver performance by getting out of their pool, but then they ran into New Zealand, who put us out comfortably at the quarterfinal stage. Meanwhile, in the Celtic Challenge, the Wolfhounds, of course, clinched the title last week, while the other Irish side, the Clovers, completed their fixtures with the draw against Edinburgh on Sunday, a result that left them fifth in the six-team league, which I have to say had a very confusing format, although we've been doing enough harping about formats when it comes to other competitions already this season, so I'll just leave that there for now. All of which brings us to our final thoughts from the weekend, starting with Connor. Yeah, look, I think Caron tried you to snap anybody's hand off of their draft for your 10 match points. Uh, at this stage from the two Six Nations games. Um, any win on the road is a good win. Any bonus point win on the road is a very good win. And, you know, it, we didn't have to play anything too pretty. We didn't have to be at our absolute best. Um, but it was enough to get the bonus point. Uh, I think, I said, I, I already said, I think Milne had a really good game. I think Osborne was very, very solid again. Um and, you know, I think a lot of the forwards, uh, not least of all, Will Connors saying, you know, don't forget me when this window's over because I'm I'm going to be there or thereabouts. I think some really, really strong play coming from a lot of guys who uh, who want more opportunity. Um, I'm I'm just, really, I say, really pleased to come away from Cardiff with five match points. You know, last time we went there, we lost. So uh, let's let's take this win again. Plenty to do in the in the the rewatch for them on Monday. Plenty to plan. Plenty to you know, look and say we tried these things and here's why they went wrong and and that's what I want to see. I want them to see. I, I want to see them plan and 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 take action on this went wrong because. So how do we stop it going wrong next time? Absolutely, Kieran. Yeah, look. Uh, at the end of the day, these aren't the games you're going to remember at the end of the season if you're a supporter or um if you're any kind of casual fan of Leinster um but at the same time at the same time um these are important games for the younger players the fringe players you know I agree that Will Connors was probably the player who you know most um most said that like um yeah look in the big games I want to be playing and in fairness he's probably very suited to European rugby we're thinking you know looking ahead to the European Cup that's kind of the next Next big test um, for us, we're, um, we obviously have Leicester, who, who uh, you know, we were comfortable against in the end uh, in the pool stage game um, in our last European Cup game, and oddly enough, playing them straight away again. But in fairness, uh, in fairness, they did put it up to us for a while, and we'll have to be well. Uh, they put it up to, to us for a while last season in the quarterfinal when we played them. So we'll have to we'll have to be good enough to beat them. It's not a it's not a foregone conclusion. 
And, you know, I think one thing we should learn from last season is Leinster being in the Aviva, Leinster being in the RDS doesn't make victory a foregone conclusion. Uh, I hope last season, I you know, I think we all expected last season towards the tail end, look, Leinster are going to win something other than the Irish Shield. Um, and, you know, ultimately that didn't happen. So now it's a case of, look, there are spots there. There, um, there are spots for both leadership in Johnny Sexton's absence and there are spots for starting positions both while there's internationals away, but also while they're here. So, you know, maybe, um, if we do get to a quarterfinal, we are obviously favourites against Leicester, not that it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, it'll be against either Stormers or La Rochelle, two big teams. We'll... Um, they will have just played in South Africa the week before. So that's a big opportunity to get to a semi-final. It's a couple of league games then. Uh, I think we go to South Africa in between then. And then we have, I know we have Bulls at home as well. So, you know, these players are going to get used and all all the games going forward, you know, are probably going to have something riding on, something tangible in terms of you might need to win this to secure a home league final or at least a home league semi-final or something at the end of the day we want to be playing these big games at home um and uh in fairness we're um i think i think you know as i said this again we'd forget but at the same time i think like the two of you touched on it's good to see these younger players these fringe players getting a go and getting their getting uh trusted with these games because the boat says look, you're good enough, you're good enough to play at this level and we know that you wouldn't be playing for Leinster senior side if you weren't, but at the same time, go out and prove you can do it, go out and prove we should be picking in the bigger games go out and prove if, you know, if Gary Ringrose, if um, you know, uh, Joe McCarthy Tyke Furlong, Jack Conan uh, Josh Van Der Fleer uh, Hugo Keenan, if those players aren't available, go out and prove that, well, you're going to come in and step up and you're going to make it hard for them to come back in um, so yeah, look, look uh, I think uh, ultimately, I think Leinster need to win something this year. This game probably won't have too much of a bearing on it other than the fact it's five league points. Uh, but hopefully, um, hopefully this is a, hopefully this is a, this is a good confidence builder for those young players. Ten points during the Six Nations, you'll take that. Absolutely. Listen, that's brilliant, lads. We're going to leave it there. Many thanks again to Connor and Kieran for joining me. I hope to have you both on again soon, lads. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, guys. As for our next batch of Harpen, look out for our 80-plus column on Tuesday. Then we turn our attention back to the Six Nations as Andy Farrell's squad head to Twickenham. We'll have a preview on Friday, and we'll be recording the Rap Pod on Sunday evening. As ever, keep up with our content on social media. The links are in the program notes. In the meantime, stay safe, everyone. Slán.